Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. It is Monday, Monday Night Football, we like to call it. See hello to everybody out there. We're going to just jump right in. This is an hour-long podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football. We have lots and lots of topics, and we're going to jump, jump right in. As you can see in the background, Mr. Tom Marshall's putting up his... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's putting up his uh, his scarves, so he's uh, yeah, yeah. You can just watch him, and just critique him on the way he puts his scarves up. It'd be kind of funny, but tied it with Tom Marshall. Oh, nice, nice. All right, let's just jump in. Cesar, how are you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. I don't know if, if I should be uh, talking about Carlos Salcedo or if I should be talking about that one tweet I sent yesterday oh. about everyone. Question your own Mexicanness. Uh, that 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 was a good tweet, man. It was it was cool how all the responses that you have. I think it just comes out that we're all different and we're all a little picky. We're all self conscious about how Mexican we should be. <laughs> and like and like there's like people who are like, I think Coco is overrated. I think Chilaquiles. I hate Juan Gabriel. I was like, whoa, whoa, it's getting it's getting crazy out here. I just I like I hate being Mexican. <laughs> like, I guess that one kind of. But anywho, yeah, here it's like soccer, not a why well, I think Loteria is boring. Uh, I actually. Think <laughs> okay. All right, let's jump into our the question tonight. Uh, big question: How are you feeling about the Carlos Ancelotti returning to Liga MX? So go to you, Cesar. Let's start it off. Ah, it's mixed feelings. It, it's it's really really mixed feelings. I mean, he's one of Mexico's top defenders, and you think about. When it comes to the national team, you think about the development of a player. You you kind of wish that he was still in Europe. Uh, you also have to respect his decision as well. He did mention something about his family and that being a reason why he returned. Uh, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, but I feel like I've seen reports about him having issues with his parents and his sister. I don't know if you met with yeah. family, maybe more so just like his wife, but... There was, yeah. If there was problems with his family, he would try to stay away because it yeah. happened before. Trying to do a little research uh, last year, kind of on the whole family. I know Tom can tell us a little bit more since I know he's spoken to some of the family members, I believe. But back in the day, I mean, his dad being his uh, his agent, and then he yeah. was he's getting you know his sister, and now it's like kind of a big divisive thing how his sister comes up, and I think there was some like family was suing him, and she, he, it was kind of pretty bad. Uh, and I would have thought that, you know, staying in Europe, especially for that, but if it's family reasons, kind of thinks to see what's happening. Tom, you done? Uh, how's it going, man? Guadalajara? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, his family situation is absolutely messed up. I mean, mm-hmm. he sent a tweet out, I think, late last year, I mean, just saying a whole bunch of things like, you know, his dad stole money off him, his mum, you know, things about his mother, like, uh, like really, really strong statements. Like even seeing his sister was sleeping with teammates yeah. to get information. I mean, you know, to come out public and say that is, I mean, it's always one of those where, you know, all families have problems. No, but when, when you publicly <laughs> come out and say these kind of things, you know what I mean? Then it's very, very difficult to come back from that. So, um, but yeah, obviously I think that coming back to Chivas would have been difficult because of that, because his old family's from Guadalajara. Yeah. So I think that that explains a little bit about it. Obviously, the financial thing as well. I'm not sure if Chivas would have been able to pay the wages. Um, but obviously, he's had an hard time. 
I mean, it's it's not easy to get in someone's someone's mind when when all that kind of thing's gone on, you know. I mean, you know, your family you kind of grew up with and kind of supported you to become this professional player. Then you split up with them like that. I mean, it, you don't know what the reaction is, but yeah, from my point of view, disappointed. Um, you know, from the national team perspective, you know, it's we've said it loads of times. It's like you know, I was thinking about it today. I was like thinking, you know, Nestor Araujo. Um, Hector Moreno, Guardado. I feel like they're at the level, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like they're at their level, and that's absolutely great. And and you know, they're doing it week in, week out, and it's it's really good to see a player kind of really maximise his potential. And it's like with Salcedo, I kind of had him marked as like he he could make that step up. Mm-hmm. Like he's at a good level now in Germany with Eintracht Frankfurt, but potentially a couple of good seasons he could step up. And you know, that's the disappointing thing about it. Um, from from the national team point of view, because if you're a Liga MX fan, then you get to see Salcedo every week. But I mean, from from my personal point of view as well, I mean, you know, I think I was the first journalist ever to interview him when he was at Real Salt Lake, um, and you know, to follow the story. I mean, I know it's I mean, I know it's like talking about personal and 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 the ego, but you kind of it's nice to see a player you've seen from right yeah. at the start grow yeah. and see what it can become, rather than kind of take a step backwards because it is a step backwards. There's no you know, there's no there's no argument about it. I mean, the rights and wrongs and whether it's good for him personally. I mean, obviously, he you know that you have to respect that. But um, in terms of where his career path was heading, you know, I, I'm I'm disappointed because I think that in a couple of years he could have he could could have moved on from Eintracht Frankfurt to something better. He was one of those Mexico players that that do that I felt had that within them. Especially since he had injury problems too. I, I don't. I feel like I lost track of the injury issues as he he's had over the last couple of years. So because of that, I mean, maybe that was the reason why Eintracht were willing to let go of him because Eintracht they're doing fine with him and without him. I think he only had about six or seven stars because of injury issues. But you do when Tom's talk about you know him potentially making the step up a season or two from now. I think about that too because. I feel like we didn't really see him in his full potential because of those injury issues, because he was always kind of held back by those. So I think that's another unfortunate thing that I think that maybe if it wasn't for those injuries, maybe we could have seen at a higher level. Maybe that could have meant uh, a move to a bigger club earlier, but I, I'm um, at least from a national team perspective, I'm disappointed. But once again, I do, I guess, you know, if he is bringing up family as one of the reasons why he's, he's coming back, I, I, you have to respect that as well. Yeah. yeah. He's also a player who, when he stepped onto different stages, he tended to succeed. You know, you see certain players, and Lozano's another, where you throw him into a situation, like his debut in the Azteca, goes a goal. You know, he starts for Pachuca regular, he does it. He, 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 he steps into the national team, does it straight away. PSV, no problem. You know, Salcedo's got a bit of that to him. I mean, I know in Fiorentina it wasn't exactly smooth, but, you know, when he came back from Real Salt Lake to Chivas, you're like, who is this kid? He's not going to... He's not going to start. Then all of a sudden, he's not just a starter, but he's a kind of fan favourite. Um, you know, and then going to Germany, he established himself the World Cup. I thought he was. I thought he was great. You know, I think he was going to play it right back. Then he came as a centre back as well. And um, and yeah, and now obviously, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I don't know. It's a personal thing, but when you watch players, and, and especially being here in Mexico and watching them, and you always kind of envision how they would fit in elsewhere. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's kind of fun. Like, what would this player be like over there? And it's like with Salcedo, in Tigres, I know he's always going to fit in. He's going to be great. I mean, you know, that's great for Tigres fans. In a way, great for the league. 
But I don't know. And I, I want to see him in the Premier League, for example, see if he can do it there. I want to see him in the league or at a good club. And you know, but you never know. He's still got time. He's still quite young as well. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically what that, I think. Do we say that uh, he kind of didn't make it in Europe? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think because... once again, those those injury issues kind of held him back. And I think at Fiorentina, oh, things weren't exactly that great. But I mean, at Eintracht, he was building something. I think I forget. Uh, one exactly named him, but I think uh, he was once like recognized as one of like the better Bundesliga defenders of the season. He won that DFB uh, Pokal uh, Cup title, uh, so I think he 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 did a decent job with Eintracht. He could have really built something there, but I, it wasn't an extraordinary amount of success. But he was building something positive there. Yeah, and I think that's just kind of go because the loan to Fiorentina was just kind of like okay, we're we're expecting him to stay. Then another you know transfer order to Germany. And although we saw him play and we saw him win, it, this is where we were kind of like the injuries just kind of, you know, took over it. But, but I, it was just surprising the fact that he would come back because what he, we saw in the World Cup, what we've seen before, what he's done in MLS, what he's done at Chivas, I would have thought that there would be other clubs because what it sounds like is his, is his coming, like he wants to come back. Yeah, there was, uh, there was an Italian club interested. Yeah, and that's where you mm-hmm. kind of go is if family issues, maybe not necessarily his immediate family, but more his wife. Children, I think he's got a uh, newborn, right? I think, um, and I, I think yeah, that's where yeah, it I mean, kind of goes. Or maybe, yeah. you know, that's that. That's the family. It's kind of coming back. Um, Tigres, you know, that's when we're coming back. Obviously, you saw Guadalajara may not have, and and now Tigres comes. How how does that feel <laughs> as far as coming back to a, a team like that? I mean, they could utilize them. They really could. I mean, uh, Ayala and Mesa, I think, are the two center-back duos right there. I think he's clearly an upgrade on either one of them. Um, I think uh, I think you see a lot of talent <laughs> going forward for Tigres. You see, obviously, the star power in that front line. But in the, and defensively, they could really I don't know, have some improvement there, even even to an extent uh, with their fullbacks, too. That could be... That could, they could make some improvements there as well, whether it be as a left back, maybe potentially could play there. Or maybe he could even take over someone like Shaka, because Shaka isn't exactly the best defensively. So maybe, you know, as opposed to having someone like Shaka who feels like more of a wing back, you can have Salcedo, who's still a good distributor, but he's just much more complete when it comes uh, to uh, defensive and, uh, and, uh, approach. So I, I think he could he could really, really help Diggs. He could definitely uh, make them much better defensively. And kind of like what Tom said, I feel like it's not necessarily the end is, is him just going to a club and then hopefully coming back. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's the type of person as well. If type of person who just kind of wants to move on and I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know him personally, but he, he, he has tended to move on, no? Different. I mean, he started at Tears as well. So yeah. in a way, it's him returning back to where to where it all began for him. All right, another another news with the Mexicans abroad to to keep on the conversation going. Uh, big news over the weekend, obviously Diego Landis gaining the start in the 80th minute. I I just have to say, um, does this happen to everybody that gets transferred to a new club? Like this kind of reception, I feel it always happens with Mexican players. Maybe because we pay we pay attention to it, but you know, like the presentation, and then there's a chance, and like we saw that with with you know Chucky Lozano. I'm like it. Yeah. Is this what they do with everybody, like young signing, or are they really excited about Diego? I think the big money signings. I mean, if you look at the clubs, um, you know, do Mexican to... clubs do that. Like, I think no, but, <laughs> um, like P- PSV signing Lozano, that's big money for PSV, and I think with with Betis as well, this is a big signing. Um, so yeah, I think it depends on more the 
think they did it for Ronaldinho. I think Querétaro did it for Ronaldinho. It's like yeah, the last yeah. time I remember. Ronaldinho did it for himself. He started his own party somewhere, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he but just came in saying, like, in Mexico. <laughs> rolled into town party and he just didn't stop until he left. Still doing, still going on. <laughs> Who ran this? It's like, no, Ronaldinho, he just started the party. It's not us. Just like... <laughs> well, I don't remember the last time a Mexican club did that for anybody. No, let has got one tomorrow. Yeah, like a full on. Okay, okay. Full on in the stadium, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, no, I think now and then. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought thought it was. I don't know. I mean, obviously, ten minutes. I mean, anybody who knows anything about liners. I mean, I saw some tweets from people in Europe going, "Oh, he did this, he did that," and it's like, well, yeah, it's, it's liners. He gets the ball, he does tricks. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, he is an exciting player. I mean, that's what I think the Betis fans saw in that those ten minutes. He wasn't involved that much, but for me, it's it's just like uh, Setien. The fact that he's only been there a week and he's already kind of in it in, in, in already. Surprise. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a proper game. I mean, it's not kind of a Copa del Rey or whatever. This is like the score is two two. You need a win. You're chasing the European spots, and who do you throw on? You throw on Linus. I mean, that that after one week is for me. It's a big statement. I mean, it is, I didn't it, expect it. And if that's what's showing you, just like you said, two two 80th minute, you want to win. You want this big, and you bring in already Linus. Yeah. Is that too soon, or is this now? Is everybody now the hype is real that he's going to be playing a lot more now? I mean, I think you were just saying, is it too soon? But I saw a tweet which I think uh, kind of stood out to me from someone who watched the game because guess what? I didn't watch the game because it was at three a.m. I don't care who's playing; I'm not waking up at three a.m. for that game. Uh, but it was a uh, journalist, David uh, Cartledge, who said that uh, that Linus played with no fear and that he was demanding the ball. And I think when you have someone like Linus who is so fearless. You know, why not try to bring him on? I mean, I know he just show, showed up, uh, had his first training on Monday. I know he's only had very little time with the team. But if you have a young player who is that fearless, then maybe it makes sense why they're willing to give him an opportunity so early on. Maybe he could potentially start for them uh, in the Copa del Rey. They have another Copa del Rey match uh, this upcoming Thursday. So at the very least, maybe he'll get some significant minutes. So I think that, yeah, is it a little too early? Maybe. And I think maybe uh, we shouldn't be uh, taking this uh, all so seriously when it was just less than 10 minutes. But... I think, once again, if we have someone that's that fearless, why not give him some minutes? Let's see what he can do. And apparently he impressed some people who are watching. I'll ask a question just so we can get the hype. Does he score a goal before the end of the summer? Ooh. I mean, I think... Uh, I mean, know, he yeah. already got why a 10-minute stop. Start. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, I think he... Now kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, I would ask you guys... I asked me last week, I'd be like, no, you know, he's going to take it easy. You know, Adriana was uh, already making fun of us because he was <laughs> down Madrid. You know, I I could see him, you know, coming in and you know getting more time and the quality's there. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he thrown it, he threw him on for those exactly. ten minutes is a good sign. And so, you know, you expect that once Linus gets more adapted to what Setien wants, because it, Setien's plan and the way you're playing um, is, I think Linus has said it as well, is vastly different than, for example, Miguel Herrera. You know, <laughs> so I think um, I think Linus has to adapt to what Setien wants, and you know. He's going to get minutes, so you expect him. Hey, I mean, I'll back it. I'll back Linus to to score a goal. Yeah, I say he wins a Ballon d'Or. It's going to be him number one, <laughs> Mbappe number two, number three, uh, Chumacero or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's uh, wins Ballon d'Or. No, I I wouldn't be surprised if he scores. I I would be. I think at the very least, maybe we'll see maybe a couple assists from him, but. 
Uh, I think if he continues to get minutes, I mean, why not? Why not? He's yeah. going to have plenty of chances. He's going to have the Copa del Rey. He's going to have uh, potentially the Europa League. He's going to have La Liga. So uh, you know, we're still only in January. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would say let's let's go with uh, he get he has a goal and two assists by before <laughs> before the end of the one season. Yellow. Yeah, one yellow. <laughs> yeah. No, and the reason why I asked is because, like I said, a week ago I'd have been like, no, you know, let's take it easy and it'll be fine. But when you put him in there, it kind of just hypes everybody up. But uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. It's, it's interesting. It, it kind of gives you back that spark of, of following. And not that Chucky Lozano is not, but um, seeing what, what Diego Line is doing, now it's already there. Like, this is going to be an exciting time in La Liga. Yeah, and what, and one more quick thing I want to add on Line is I think I'm really, really excited to see that connection he can, he can have with Guardado because Guardado was substituted out before Line has made his debut. But you look at that passing map from Guardado, you see how many times he has the ball. Like, you see how significant he is yeah. uh, for that Real Betis side. And it, it does make you a little excited that, yeah, obviously we've seen that video with Guardado showing Line is around Real Betis, showing up like the different, like, players and staff but i'm also excited for him to be um, teaching on, on the field as well i'm excited for him to be giving him some of that distribution i'm excited for him to be probably even yelling instructions at him right behind him on the field so i, I think once the two play together that's gonna be it's gonna be very very exciting to see what happens there well there's exactly the perfect path that you want right what about yeah. the, the captain i would say right now for the national team coming in especially maybe last year's there last call-ups if he could, it's called up and and then, uh, and then you know, having the young lioness right next to him all the time, and then uh, we'll see what's going up. Yeah, and shot. I think uh, it was Amy who posted on uh, Twitter a little Instagram screenshot of uh, I think it was Guardado. He posted on a story. It was like him and Linus, and he was kind of like joking. And he's like, he's like, I have a new son. And like, yeah, he was like joking. But I think there is something there that just like that connection that the two are gonna have, and just it's it's good to have someone like Guardado who just so happens to be the captain of your national team there, like guiding you at the club level. So that's, I think that's really, really cool. Who's taller? I thought that was pretty short, too. I think it would be a good one. There, there you go, uh, yeah. guys on, on the internet. Find out who's taller. Not by Wikipedia. Because Wikipedia says he's 5, I think 5'3 five, or 5'4. Five, and I have a picture with Linus is like, I think Guardado's my height. I think Guardado's my height. I think I'm like five. Yeah. I saw and I think like a picture like a five four <laughs> one time. So <laughs> we'll see where it goes. All right, that's your. You, you guys find out. You get a mention from us. Who's taller? But you've got to be picture wise. So we'll see who's there. Actually, I think they took a picture together when they were introduced. All right. Um, as far as the, uh, I just got a tweet from <laughs> from from Amy. Even though she's not doing producing, she's yelling at me because I didn't uh, I didn't say the the answers from the question that I, I'm sorry, Amy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot uh, about that too. There we go. The, so the question <laughs> tonight was Carlos Alcelo re- returning to Liga MX. Even though she's not doing, she's out and she couldn't. She still found a way to text me and said, "Yo, Weasel, get your act together." Sorry, Amy. Uh, let's see. Some uh, Chivas Mexican fan seventeen said, "I find it funny that the good rumors are seldomly true. Bella de Barça and the not so good ones, Salcedo, are always true." We'll be talking about Bella right now. Hernan Sandoval said, complete setback regarding Salcedo. He does have things to care to, to care of in Guadalajara, but career is, is, wise set, is a wise setback. Going to play a Querétaro instead of Bayern or Dortmund. <laughs> uh, Alan uh, Velasco said, I'm okay with it. I'm hearing he's got some legal issues in Mexico, and it makes it easier for him traveling back and forth. Plus, he's going to be one of the best rosters in the Americas. He's going into one of the best rosters in the Americas. So uh, lots of rumors coming out, legal issues and all that, which, you know, we don't really know anything about that. But a lot of people are saying it's more of a family move. It's it's not necessarily uh, football. So we'll see where that goes with Carl, with Mr. Salcedo. 
going on to our next, really quick, I want to ask you guys, obviously these rumors of Carlos Vela going to Barca, at first when you first hear it, you're like, ah, whatever, right? But then all of a sudden, like, more more people kind of talking about it, and, and, and then, uh, you know, serious journalists kind of talking about it in, in Spain and m- mentions. I asked Amy because she was uh, obviously at the MLS uh, media day um, from her sources. She said that there's no contract anywhere for LAFC or anything on paper, which doesn't mean that there's any talks. But to you guys, just entertaining the idea that Carlos Vela would leave LAFC and go to, to Barcelona, you kind of you kind of just go, okay, I guess it makes sense. I mean, if you think about a few years back, uh, he was in the likes of Messi, Ronaldo, and I think Carlos Vela was up there. On, on time and, and, and players and scores. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it's a strange one. I'm not sure how serious it was, to be honest. Um, it obviously came first from Barcelona. Um, and it sounds like they did, from what I heard as well, they definitely um, they inquired with LAFC. Mm-hmm. But no, it just never made much sense to me. Uh, why? Because Vela's been inactive since like first of November or something, and so you know after what almost what November December, you know two months out. I mean to to get back not just to match fitness, but the kind of level of fitness to go and play for Barcelona in in La Liga and then in the Champions League. I mean it's not that's not just like all right, just put a few weeks behind you and then you know you'll be fine. You know you've got to be at absolute peak fitness to get there. Um, and you know, I think Barcelona were looking for number nine, no? And I don't know. I don't think Bas- I don't think Bella was necessarily a player. Um, I thought the Chicharito rumors were actually kind of more in line with you know somebody to back up Luis Suarez, basically. So, um, so yeah, no, a bit of a strange rumor. Um, I think Bella was had his head turned. I mean, um, you know, but I think I think it was one of those as well where I think he would have had to take the lead and said, "I really, really want to yeah. go." I want to do this. And I just don't think Bella's the type of guy to do that. Um, I'm, you know, I might be wrong in that, but I, I just think he, he was more like, well, you know, if it happens, that'd be that'd be nice. But if Bella's just so, like, chilled out and laid back, it's difficult. I mean, he was talking about the national team as well the other day, and he's just like, well, you know, yeah, I'd love to play for Mexico. They still want me, I'll play. But, you know, if I need to step aside for the younger players, then, you know, I'll do that as well. And it's like... That's fair enough, like you understand it, but as as a it's just it feeds into that thing about Bella not having that you know, that kind of mentality to be the absolute, you know, best. Sometimes to be the absolute best you have to be a bit of a jerk, you know what I mean? Yeah. And say, I absolutely hundred percent want to play for this national team. I don't care if there's young players coming through, I'm the best, I wanna show myself, I wanna reach the next yeah. World Cup. You know, it's just a difference. I mean, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo's not going to be like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, let the young players in. He's going to be like, no, I want to score, you know, 150 goals for my country, 100 goals for my country. I want to break the next record. You know what I mean? It's. I just think it all feeds into that. You know that. I don't know. I don't know that Bella. That Bella mentality. Which, yeah, and I'm 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 kind of yeah. see there. It's like there's people that, people on the chat are kind of seeing that already. They're like, no way, Bella's not the mindset to work that hard. Um, and it's not necessarily work that hard, but we haven't seen that that you know that type of person in Vela. Uh, at the same time, I mean, now they've seen what they've done in their inaugural season, you know, and what they did with Vela, and it's like the star player. I mean, to let to let him go, especially how much they would have to pay. I don't think yeah. Barca. I mean, would be paying whatever they you know all that they all that you know LAFC would 
would uh, you know would want, especially for the player, even even Vela at his peak, you know, in which he's no, way it's, far it's, away it's, from there. It's the wages. It's the wages that I think would have been the issue as well, because he gets paid way more than he kind exactly. of would get in Europe. Um, but I mean, I think it does say about Vela. It say, you know, it tells me that how much he was respected in Spain. Yeah. I mean, for, even if it was a rumor, I mean, you know, he he was he was so respected, and I don't think people, I don't think even now, people, you know, that have followed his career in Mexico necessarily, you know, appreciate how. You know how how good he, how good a player he is and was. I mean, when we talk about the mentality as well, it's not like he's got a really poor mentality. It's it's just not necessarily the the the, the mentality that's going to get you to where Messi and Ronaldo have got. You know, the absolute drive to be the hundred percent best. Um, and and but that's not saying he doesn't have any drive because, you know, again the other day he was saying how you know he walked into LAFC so much unknown and he kind of. You know, he felt he could have done more in the first season, and he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, really, really keen to to do that this year. Um, and I, and I believe him when he says that. I think he's really happy. I think he he kind of focuses right his life around you know being happy rather than you know being the best ever player he could be or you know going to the best club he could be at. You know, and you know, I think you have to respect that as well. So, so I know you had some um, some uh, connection issues, but I mean when you heard about the story, when you saw it, and then, you know, probably it's, it's not going to come to fruition, but at least what were your thoughts around? Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Wi-Fi problems. I <laughs> reset my router out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was my cat, DJ Cuddle. She, like, unplugged it or something like that. She's, like, probably <laughs> hungry. Uh, but, no, I, at first, at first I, I didn't really believe it. And then you saw in more and more significant reports. You saw, uh, I think there was an interview he had with Univision recently, uh, when they, I think they forget who it was who asked. It was like, oh, like has Barcelona contacted you? And he didn't say whether Barcelona contacted, but there was a little smile on his face that maybe try to, maybe showed a little bit that like maybe that there was some sort of communication there. But uh, I think that I think when you look at what he's done with LAFC, and you think that in comparison to something, say someone like a Jonathan dos Santos or Gio dos Santos, where they really, really kind of let a lot of fans down with the, their. I don't know, their level of play, especially someone like Gio. And I was pretty impressed with Vela. I was, I mean, I've, I saw him live at LAFC once and I was extremely impressed with at the level of play. So, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, especially when you saw that what Barcelona instead got Kevin Prince Boateng. So that says a lot about maybe yeah. some of their options that they're looking at right now. So I, I'm not that, I wasn't that surprised. Uh, that would have been pretty cool. I mean, for so many reasons. I know like it's me being selfish, too, for like work-related reasons. It would have been fascinating to see him potentially go on loan uh, for the rest of the season um, in La Liga, but uh, but obviously it looks like it's it's probably not going to happen after the Kevin Prince-Boateng uh, signing, but, uh, but yeah, but what a... It would be incredible to see if that would have happened. I mean, just <laughs> the amount of attention, the amount of spotlight that would have been given to Vela. I mean, I remember when Chicharito went to Real Madrid. Remember how excited we were, how excited we were. Like, it was almost like we didn't care whether he's going to do well or not. It was just <laughs> fascinating just to see him make the move over there. I think it would have been interesting with Vela too. But, yeah, I, it looks like it probably won't happen anymore. But, I mean, it's, I don't know, it would have been really, really cool uh, to see that happen. Yeah, no, I definitely agree in seeing that. Um, I wish one day. I mean, going back to Real Madrid versus Barcelona, I've always been a big Barcelona even since I was, I was young from my dad's side. Um, and uh, you know, when I saw that again, just like you guys, whatever, that's not true. And then it just kind of I'm like, then you just kind of start thinking, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But then it kind of 
you know, Adriana pulls you back to reality. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just do that. All right, guys. So any uh, other Mexicans abroad? We'll keep, you know, keep your eye still on Raul Jimenez, still, uh, you know, doing what it is. I think I saw, I think uh, it goes Chucky. And then uh, as far as Mexicans that are scoring right now, Chucky's up there. And then Raul Jimenez is, is second, I believe, in, on, on the score sheet. Um, Soon Nestor Odalco, hard to score two goals. <laughs> Got two goals. I saw someone on Twitter. It's like that's that solves our striker problem right there. After Jimenez and after Chicharito, just put in Nestor Araujo. He's gonna be scoring those goals for us. There you go. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll continue the Mexicans abroad. Not a lot has. I feel like as far as Mexicans abroad, I feel. I mean, I guess we expect on Chucky Diego Linus, but it, you know, everybody else. Uh, we just kind of having a quiet Mexicans abroad. We used to come in almost every show to talk about it, but it was it's kind of like Raúl Jiménez is doing his thing, Chucky's doing his thing. And uh, now Carlos is still coming back. Um, everyone else is just kind of like, well, not 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 a lot of news. Uh, I mean, it can go like almost bad news, but um, you know, we'll continue to we'll give you guys the update. Um, but we'll see where that goes. All right. Anything else in the Mexicans abroad, or anything else before we start about Liga MX? I want to I want to give a quick shout out to. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be writing about this tomorrow, so I'm already ruining my write up, but. Uh... Uh, I think Herrera actually had a really good week. Uh, he had a he had a goal in a midweek Portuguese Cup match. If you watch goal, it's actually pretty impressive. And he did really well uh, for Porto in a four to one win. Uh, recently, I think that was on Saturday or Sunday. But I th- I just Herrera, little by little, he, like he's you know, continuing that momentum, and you see Tecatito doing well. Tecatito got an assist over the weekend, so I'm I'm pretty excited about the Porto guys for a little bit because uh, for a bit it was it's maybe like unexpected. With guys. Yeah, but I, I think Probably right now... excited, th- and all of a sudden it's like... Oh. <laughs> but Arena has been consistent. Tecatito's yeah. doing well this season. So, I mean, once the Champions League knockout round comes back, I'm really, really thrilled to see what happens there. And I'm thrilled to see if maybe Arena is going to uh, potentially make a move to a bigger club. Because you see someone like mm. him who has a lot of experience. He's well-rounded midfielder. He's the captain for, for a Champions League side. I mean, his con- his contract is over at the end of the summer, so... I mean, you see, I mean, if you believe the rumors, there are a lot of big clubs are interested in him. So it wouldn't be that surprising if over the summer, if Herrera makes a, a move to a big club. No, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. Again, I'd love to see it because I think he has got that potential. And kind of time, time's running out a bit for him. No, I think he's what twenty eight, twenty nine now. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I'd love to see that. And I think, I think you're right, Cesar, with Tecatito. I mean, I know I've criticised him, and you know, in the past, before the World Cup, after the World Cup, and. You know now, you know even becoming an option as a as a fullback now. But I mean, he's, he's, I think he started eight games since the start of December, and so he's 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 got the starting spot back. You know he's doing it. You know week in week out. I'd like to see him increase his goal ratio when he is playing further forward. But I mean, he, he's you know he's starting to show those signs of consistency that which we've been you know, so desperate for from Tecatito because everybody knows how good he is and, and what he can, the damage he can do to a defence. So, um, yeah, it's it's exciting to see him back because he can still, he can still be a big player at the next World Cup, Tecatito, you know? Yeah, and if he goes to the Gold Cup, keep it on him because it's just, I mean, you see some of those tricks he's doing in Portugal. You see some of those goals and assists. He's going to be, it, it sounds crazy. It feels like this is a Mexican soccer show from like 2014, but keep an eye on that Tecatito kid. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to do very, very well in the Gold Cup this summer. It's going it's to be really cool to see him uh, back with Mexico. Hopefully, hopefully he goes back with Mexico. I know he's had some issues before in the past, uh, some personal problems, but it, it's, I'm very, very excited to, to see him in the Gold Cup. Interesting. You know, you just brought about memories of what we were talking about. Tecatito, right before that uh, Confederations Cup was when, you know, 
we kind of started seeing that with all the family problems that need to take not going and which we everyone kind of said you know that would have been the tournament that you know Tecatito on the way out um well hopefully we'll we'll see something changing i'm excited for the mexican national team for the players to everybody come back you know those players like Tecatito Herrera Guardado back and even though they're not gonna you know Guardado's not gonna make it to the to the next world cup but um you know bringing those players and then incorporating Chucky um, you know, now Raul Jimenez up there, um, and, you know, Nesao Rajo, it's, 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 it's good to see that. And, and, you know, kind of what, uh, what, what Tom said a, a few weeks back with, with Herrera too, right? These are the, he's, he's looking at Herrera to be that leader also. So hopefully we'll see that. And, uh, March can't come soon enough. I would, I yeah, right. want to see them. We're so spoiled with the national team, though. There's so many games that we get to watch. It's like it's like, like two months go by. We're like, oh, Mexico hasn't played? Like, come on, man. I'm getting bored <laughs> well, well, well Mexico, know. the team that we got excited for, hasn't played. Sure, we've had four or five games, but you know what I mean? Like, I want to see that, that, that World Cup team again. Available's yeah. incorporated in there. Chicharito getting back incorporated in there. And though many people didn't want those players back i still this is this is where the transition comes in so i want to see and then you know the the hype of you know tata how the hand of tata and, and like that's when you start coming back okay because if it was december when we were kind of like what the national team uh, <laughs> and we saw that all right Liga MX. as uh chivas when you're looking at it chivas 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 you know that is not on this is apparently the time when she needs to come in and she's still celebrating she's celebrating uh when you're looking at that if we could think of what's the big story liga mx is mekis this weekend chivas up top pachuca's coach gone uh tigres losing losing cholo's winning <laughs> yeah, yeah that's definitely true. people taking screenshots uh from that goal, oh, right? the, like, wasn't it a goal wasn't it a goal people it was getting like csi like where people were like oh but look see I, I have a, I have a ball right here. When I go at this angle, it looks like it went in. When I go that angle, it's like it's, it's getting crazy about that one goal. I don't know. I feel like that was one of the bigger stories. But yeah, it's funny because I I kind of went and I'm not I'm a big NFL fan before. This year I kind of took a year off and I haven't watched a single NFL game. Uh, I've watched more, you know, and it was just Sundays. I'd, I'd be Liga Mekis and I found all this stuff and I never watched. So this whole I, I'm not doing fantasy football, and that I've done for many years. And I sit down and watch you know, last Sunday's game for NFL, just the, you know, the NFC and AFC championship. And I kind of look and everyone, I mean, especially if you know what happened in one of the games where like the refs blew a call, you know, it's like horrible, horrible call. I mean, even the refs, even the NFL saying, yeah, we messed up. Like, and I kind of go back how we complain of the refs all the time. And I don't think the magnitude that what just happened would have been like, you know, it, it, at the quarter at a quarterfinal of the of the of the, of the World Cup, somebody you know calling you know a penalty when definitely it wasn't. Wait, like it was, was, was was there some sort of like crazy officiating in the NFL recently? It was it was just Sunday. It, it was it was a, a call that wasn't made that's going to make the other team win and go to the Super Bowl, and and it didn't happen. And then the ref said, "No, yeah, we messed up." I mean, it's bad, bad refing, like horrible refing. Not only once, and then uh, on the second game, also, I mean, people. There was a play where they reviewed it over and over and over and over, and it was like everyone did he touch it, did he not? And I and I say all this because even with the NFL, which is probably you know they they have like I don't know how many refs they have on the field, and they have you know their all the technology. There's the refs are still making bad calls, and when we go back, and I'm looking at Liga Amekis on the whole VAR and the technology, it's like no matter what technology we're going to have, there's always going to be controversy, and and, and it's yeah. like. <laughs> 
we we rest, and then I go back to to leagues when you talk to people all over the world. You know, it's like you, you, you Champions League, and you always talk about the rest. I feel like that's always in for some reason Mexican. And Mexican Americans and everyone kind of go Liga MX has a wh- horrible refs. When you go refs, I've always been that storyline. Is there a country that you can think of have great refs? Like, is there a country that's I think, known I think, for I, great refs? I don't know. I feel like I feel like every league, uh, every country complains about their that's refs. What I'm yeah, yeah. So when we come back and we say, "Oh, you know how horrible it is with Mexico and scoring refs," I just kind of go, "Dude, it's 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 like that's what you do." Refs are human, and even though we have all this technology, we always come back. There's always going to be problems. Of course, you know. Americanistas or, or Chivistas always say in America or the whole, actually all of Mexico say in America has always played the refs, but it kind of goes back to it. So I'll, t- I'll tell you this, you know, the storyline again is VAR and all the angles. And I think I saw somebody like explain it with a, with a ball on Twitter on, on how the angles. Yeah, that, like, eh, that was, it, was, it was like, it was like a little like sphere. And he's like, yeah, if you look at this angle, uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely CSI Liga Mekis out there. <laughs> but even with Barro, I mean, the technology, we're still going to have those problems. Cause then that pressure of that ref looking at that video, <laughs> you know, it's like the, to make the right call and, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny or the rest are in the booth, but all right. Storylines at Liga Mekis aside from the VAR, I'd have to be, what is it, Tom? No, I mean, you know, Chivas being top, I think, but I don't know. I mean, in Mexico, the VAR's the big talking point. There's no two ways about it. It's just, I don't know. You know, obviously, you know, you can say there'll always be controversy, but I mean, you know, the once you've got the VAR, I don't, I don't understand how you don't have the Hawkeye. You yeah, know, yeah. The line. It's just very simple. And it happened a couple of weeks ago in uh, Manchester City, Liverpool, and it looked, the ball looked like it had gone in. I mean, you're watching on TV and you're like, that's a goal. And, you know, when I was watching that Triverio goal, it, I was like, it's a goal, no doubt about it. I had no, absolutely no doubt. And I was kind of shocked with both the goals that they were kind of called back. Yeah. Um, but in the Premier League one, it was like one second, you know, no, not, you know, 20 seconds later, um, they showed that they showed the that the ball was like literally one centimeter from going on the line, and I got the feeling that this that the Toluca goal was very very similar. Um, but because the, the cameras at a different angle and stuff, then you're gonna. Well, what I don't understand, and I think it brings out the, you know, something you know in the press in Mexico. It's like, well, a couple not just the press, but a couple of things. It's like, first of all, I've not seen one angle that's conclusive. And yeah, everybody's yeah. jumping on it like, yeah. oh, this is, it was a definite goal. It definitely wasn't a goal. And it's like, you know, I've not seen anything to suggest it definitely went over the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and we, when we talk about the refs, I think what the refs did wrong, or the officials did wrong, I did, they just couldn't make a decision. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and that, that, was the, that was the thing where it just became an embarrassment um, and the players kind of reacted. But, you know, and then the other thing in Mexico that I think is a little bit different is, you know, you had Cristante come out after saying that basically the refs are cheats and, you know, the the bias towards the bigger teams. And, you know, I know it happens in other leagues and stuff, but he, when he was so blatantly saying it, he was kind of, I don't know, obviously I think he's going to be fine now. Um, but, but you know, there's that thing that exists in the Mexican game, which, you know, I don't think it's a good side of it because it does, it does kind of have repercussions in society as well because obviously... There's quite a lot of corruption in Mexico, but you know it's not good when it's mentioned in yeah. the in the sphere of sport. Um, and so, yeah, those are two of the things. And I just think I don't know. I mean, analyze the game and what went on in the game, and the you know Toluca to, to and how you know how much they're going to improve when the new recruits come in, and 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 why Triverio didn't kick the ball in the goal when you know when it, when he was when he had a clear chance to just put it in the back of the net and just end all speculation. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Chivas top of the league. I thought that thought they played well. Um, again, I think it, it goes back. They look like an Almeida team, yeah. not in the way yeah. that they played, but in the unity and and the kind of that that drive, that hunger, that will to fight for each other. Um, and and you know, we've said it before. I said it before with 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 when Almeida was on it. When Chivas get it together. When the when the when the all Mexican players are absolutely united and they, they feel like they've got kind of something to almost fight for, um, especially when you're playing a Toluca team that started more Argentines than Mexicans, um, and the crowd gets behind Chivas and the Chivas nation kind of starts, you know, starts <laughs> starts seeing a team that they kind of like and they kind of believe in, then it's it's a really difficult thing to stop. And um, you know, I think I was, I was saying before, I think Chivas now. What, how many games? Fourteen games left. I think. What do they need? Um, uh, no, my math has gone, but <laughs> they don't need many more. But, <laughs> you I mean, tell me, Tom. I mean, twenty-five minus nine is um, sixteen. No, so they only need sixteen more points from what fourteen games. I mean, to, yeah. to they- probably get in the playoffs. I mean, that is that is major because I thought they'd be scraping around, and they might still be. But you know, it's been it's been a great start, and it's. You know, it's good to see it's good to see a Chivas team playing well again instead of you know being in all this kind of talking about Iguera and and all the stuff going on off the field. It's kind of good to see the team clicking. Young player like Fernando Beltran coming through, showing his authority and um, and and Alexis Vega as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and I know it's it's pretty. I mean, their first win was against Cholos, and they, everybody's beating Cholos nowadays. But I think of the last two wins, uh, I think I was I was pretty impressed because it's not only getting. Uh, three wins. Are getting uh, two of those wins were against Cruz Azul and Toluca, and I think that's not something that we have to overlook. And I think when you look at some of the players at eleven, I mean, I think that Polido. I mean, he already has two goals so far this season. Gudinho is doing well. Brizuela is looking good. Mier is doing all right. So I think that, like Tom said, yeah, there's definitely this unity within the squad. It looks like they are making some some really really serious improvements immediately early on this season. Because you know, as as many of us have said, I mean, we saw those signings, we saw those transfers, and as many people have brought it up, I mean, we just didn't know how those players were going to do. We didn't know if they're going to need a little bit of time to adjust to the team. We didn't know if someone like Amir would need some time. We didn't know if someone like Alexis Vega might need a little bit of time. And I think he also, he, he he's not exactly at his best from what we've seen at the Luka, but he has been showing some glimpses of, uh, of just that potential he has. But I think yeah. Vega is going to get better. And I think once, once Vega, I mean, I mean, once he finds his rhythm, once he finds his momentum, I mean, it's going to be really, really exciting to see how well Chivas do. How big of a hand is it, Cardoso? I mean, we're looking at the past season and the horrendous Club World Cup, and people were almost ready to, you know, give up on him and just on what he was doing. And even players that came out, you know, just kind of seeing that there's stuff in the locker room, and then all of a sudden the new season, which it's not even yeah. you know, three weeks, and on what he's doing, videos coming out of just the players and the confidence that they have with Cardoso. I think I saw a video with you know, trophies in the way that, you know, he's training with them on a personal level with all the strikers and his hand in there. And, you know, we've seen the talent that he was when he was a player. And now um, it's just how, I just think how funny it is, how it's just a completely 180, you know, now there's, I mean, you know, Cardoso is obviously, you know, he's obviously done something, but I'd I'd say that, and, and even aside from the players that have come in, I think what's happened is it's the players that are left as well. Yeah, there was obviously a completely divided dressing room. We've seen Aris Hernandez come out and say, you know, say some stupid stuff on social network that he wasn't going to like a photo because El Pendejo Cardoso was in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's an he's an idiot, but 
you know, he, he put that and that shows what he thinks about Car Cardoso. You know, you had Carlos Salcido, you came out and mm -hmm. said that he's retiring basically because of Cardoso and Cardoso didn't even say hello to him, didn't even saludarlo and all that kind of thing. And and then, you know, um, those guys have left. You know, the, you've had um, Saldivas left as well and I'm, I'm missing somebody out here as well. Um Obilin Pineda. And you think, you know, th th those are all hardcore, uh, you know, maybe less Saldivar. I don't want to be unfair, but I think the other three were hardcore yeah. Matias Almeida guys. You know what I mean? And I think that it's kind of, I think it's, they've, they've, they've obviously, there's been a cleansing in the dressing room. And I think that's, that's been helped by these younger, you know, by Vega, um, you know, Mier coming in and, and Molina as well, I think is massive because he's, yeah. He's a quality player, Molina. I mean, for me, he would have gone to the World Cup. I think he's, I think he's a top player. Uh, just so intelligent, you know. Um, didn't really fit in with Monterrey because of Alonso's style, but he's a top player. So yeah, Chivas looking good. What else? Tigres lost. Pachuca. Tigres losing. Tigres with you know, it's the normal Tigres of waking up until whenever they want to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think the the interesting thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult. You can analyze Tigres for a bit. The thing that annoys me about Tigres right now is they're playing with Pizarro and um, Carioca, mm -hmm. and it's like I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I really, I really don't. And and you're playing a Cruz Azul team that are clearly going to sit back, hit, try and hit you on the counter. And I know the idea. You play two more, not strictly holding midfielders, but. Two, two midfielders with more defensive qualities and, you know, you stop them on the break, but you're also stopping yourself creating. And, you know, Chivas had one shot on goal in 90 minutes and they had 68% possession. I mean, that that's not very, you know, you're not cutting through the defense if that's if that's all you created in 90 and, minutes. And it worked beautifully for Cruz Azul too because Cruz Azul got the early goal. So after they got that early goal from Elias Hernandez, they just sat back and let Tigres have that possession. And like Tom said, Tigres only had one shot on target in that game. So it was, I mean, everything went according to plan right there for yeah. Bruce's school. But, and I think that the big difference too, I mean, I know we have just said, they're like, oh, it's Tigres, they're going to bounce back, they'll eventually make the playoffs. I, I, I agree. I think that's going to happen. But <laughs> the difference is, is in 2018, that was a, that was a very, very disappointing year for Tigres. Uh, it's very, very disappointing when you consider the expectations for the team. It's very disappointing when you saw how, uh, I think they were knocked out. I mean, what was it? I think it was the quarterfinal stage Four of finals. both the playoffs and yeah. also the CONCACAF Champions League. So yeah. it, it's not as if they're coming off of some sort of success last year. No, they need to, they need to make up for some ground from 2018. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I also think it goes deeper because I think Caixinha showed with Cruz. So, I mean, Caixinha now 10 games without losing to Tuca. And then that's not that's not some kind of coincidence that oh you know some who I mean it's just tactically he's just little time and he's not it's not he won't continue forever because he is a individual this is this is the thing with Duke always that oh there has been for me as much as I respect what he's done at Tigres because I think in terms of establishing an a playing style and an identity within a team in Mexico, it's difficult. Tuca's done that, and you know exactly what you're going to get with Tigres. But there's, there's always that question mark. Is there, is there another gear? You know, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the question I have about Tigres and Tuca. You know, it, do they have another What would it look like? I'll, I'll throw out a name, and people probably laugh, but San Paoli, you know? 
a, a guy who you know has obviously done it in South America, um, you know, one with Chile, that style of play, that kind of you know Bielsa style, very attacking. And sometimes I look at the Tigres team and I think, ah, oh, you know, it'd be superb to see like you know somebody like San Paolo, somebody who's going to kind of take the handbrake off a little bit and 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 let these guys fly forward and I don't know, take a few more risks in terms of not being ultra organized all the time when you've got the ball. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think, I think that's the question mark for teams or have teams worked them out? You know, Kaishina, that's the, that's the template of how to beat, um, how to beat Tigres. A bit like the week before, for me, Chivas sh- showed the template about how to beat Cruz Azul, you know, and, and, and Tigres didn't kind of, they didn't adapt at all really to, you know, to that. I mean, they just they played it like they would play any other game. Tried to keep the ball as much as possible and tried to create, you know, tried to work work opportunities, but it just didn't it didn't happen. I mean, they, they created so little in that game that sometimes it's like, where's your, you know, where's your where's your alternative? Because Tuka's worked with these players enough to have a kind of better alternative than he's shown on Saturday. In in that same, you know, talking. Uh... With what Tigres is doing on the other side with Cruz Azul, just to mentioning, and can we everyone now calm down about Cruz Azul that <laughs> you know wasn't some kind of panic button or what's happening? Just kind of a especially with the late start. Yeah, I mean it's it's Liga Mekis too. They're, when you look at all the current squads, you look at them, you think, yeah, they're they're probably going to make it to the playoffs. They'll probably be within the top eight. It would be pretty surprising, especially after some of the transfers they they made over the summer or the summer the winter so i i do i think cruz azul will be fine they'll bounce back it's and it's far too early in the season to wonder like oh like are cruz azul gonna struggle this season are they gonna have a hard time no, they'll, they'll be fine they'll, they'll probably qualify in the top eight and when you look at the i mean just the the incredible talent that they have in the squad that they'll they'll be a title contender so i, I don't think that there's any real issue with cruz azul just yet but once again i think it's you know we're only three weeks into the season so i think uh we'll have to see what happens with them uh going forward the other news, Pachuca, with Mr. Paco, now out in Palermo, the Boca Juniors prodigy, uh, now coming in and is going to be in Pachuca, was, was announced. Um, I'm just trying, still trying to figure out how Paco was even, you know, remotely thought that he did anything in Mexico or anything before <laughs> to get that. And now what we saw, not going to Liguilla and just, especially this season, like, that signing, of, of course, it just kind of like I was always a big head scratcher. Yeah, and it looks like he didn't last very long. He was what? When did he get hired? Was it like March or April of 2018? Yeah, yeah, 2018. Yeah, didn't really live up to expectations, but at the same time, I, th- I do. I don't know. I, I think I have to. I mean, we'll see what happens with Palermo. I mean, obviously, he's a as a player himself he's a he's a Boca Juniors legend but as a manager there are a lot of question marks I mean I don't I don't know what to make of him to be honest I look at his resume kind of the same thing no almost well. I'm not but but, I, but at the same time I feel like I gotta get Pachuca credit because it's it's cool to see a team like them just uh at least the last two sides just like take chances with these kind of coaches yeah yesterday I had already coached in Liga Mekis but it wasn't like he was a a long time Liga Mekis name uh, you look at someone uh, like Palermo. Now, he's never coached in, in, in Mexico before, so I think it'll be kind of cool to see what he's capable of. So, yeah, w- whether it works out or not, and I'm not entirely sure what to make of Palermo. I have no idea whether he's going to succeed or not. I, I can't personally say I've seen him manage a single game because he's only been managed since, like, 2012. But I like the idea that Pachuca are trying something different, I, I, and I appreciate that. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. 
You kind of just look at that. I mean, Teco's 10 wins from Paco and I think his biggest, you know, uh, most wins that he got was in Tel Aviv and Israel with 22 wins and nine and six losses. And then after that, just loosened seasons in, uh, in Santos and Valencia and Las Palmas. And then now in Pachuca, this is where I just kind of go, okay, where, where do people see this, you know, this, this coach and being successful in Pachuca? He's only been successful on one of those teams. And then now you bring in Palermo again, taking a chance on him, but, um, I don't know. That, that's that's just kind of my thing. But I mean, you know, he had been, I think it was what eight games without a defeat at home. Um, you know, it's the third third round of games of the season. Uh, you go to the Azteca. I don't think I don't think Pachuca were awful in that game. You know, I thought it was a terrible bit of defending for the first goal. Just basic, basic defending uh, to allow Guido Rodriguez to, to kind of sneak in there. Um, and you know, I think I think it goes beyond that. I think it goes. I think it goes to some pressure from people within the club regarding the new signings, because the new signings have come in and Paco Ayestaran was putting him on the bench, and I don't think people at the club like that. I mean, Ayestaran has worked with Rafa Benitez. He's worked with some, you know, top top managers. He's been around a lot. Um, I think he's, you yeah. know, he's a good coach. I mean, you could perhaps question whether. His, his abilities as a manager, but in terms of a coach, you know, I think he was he was great to have him here. Um, yeah, with with I I find it strange that that Pachuca made the change. To be honest, um, especially going with mm-hmm. I mean, say this or that because I don't don't know what to expect. What I would say is that I think what Pachuca are looking for is another Almeida. Almeida. That was what I was about to say. That yeah, they want an Almeida because. Palermo's another charismatic guy. You know, he's obviously had this great career and he knows how to deal with the press and he's going to come in there. But um, for me, it's a bit of a risk. I'm a bit disappointed, to be honest, because I wanted, you know, I wanted Pachuca to go out there and go, go and get someone absolutely top quality. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got the installations. You, you bring somebody into that, to, to the co- the facility that they've got there. And I, I just think it's going to it's going to appeal to someone top, top manager. You know what I mean? Or, or go to do something a bit different. Go for, go for, I don't know. Or no, I think I think you said with with you know Palermo bringing that type of person and it's 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 Almeida two point almost all over again. You know, I mean, I I I think of Palermo with the three penalty kick misses. <laughs> you know, like that's that's still in my head. Um, and funny enough, it's to Calero who was obviously in Pachuca, just kind of the um, there, but. But I, I, as soon as I, I heard about that, and, and obviously now official, it's it's that it's that motivation with the players. It's that you know, young, uh, you know, had great career with one club, not necessarily big for the national team in Argentina, but you know, let's let's bring in that that Almeida type of player, the person that's going to tattoo you know Pachuca on his shoulder if they win. You know, that's that's the type of player I feel like that, and I think that's where they're taking a chance in. Mm, see how it kind of pans out. Cesar, you're about to say something. Oh no! I was just going to say. Also, I think on the other end of the pitch, we have to give credit to to America too. I mean, they're looking nice and refreshed after their break uh, from week one. Yeah, two wins in a row. They got the goals from Guido Rodriguez, uh, Henry Martin, and Saralde, who almost had two golazos there. So you got to, I think, you got to give uh, America a lot of credit too. This was their first game back at the Azteca. They looked to be doing very well, and just I mean, after seeing them play that match, I mean, you once again, I know I just said that. 
yeah, it's too early to be making kind of like predictions, uh, too early in the season to be doing these kinds of things. But it looks like America are going to be up there in the in the playoffs. It looks like they're be pushing for a title, another title as well. So I think it'll be uh, interesting to see how America progresses because this is a, definitely a good game for them, especially someone like Aguirre Rodriguez, who I think once again I mean, he was voted as who was selected as the player of the of the season uh, for the last season, and I mean, you saw bits of that. Uh, uh, against Pachuca, not only just for what he could do as a defensive midfielder, but he's also a goal-scoring threat. Looking ahead, so we got a few minutes now, looking ahead of the Liga and make his match day 4 of 17. Uh, Veracruz-Puebla on Friday, also on Friday, Atlas. Let's skip that. <laughs> Atlas versus Lobos, continuing Lobos to be up there in the top mm, five. Let's go. I might watch that. <laughs> Tijuana on Saturday. Uh... Monterrey Crew America on Saturday, Pachuca Pumas. We'll see that. I'll, I'll, that game see especially Pumas and now Pachuca coming. Uh, Necaxa Monarcas. And you have like the Necaxa and Monarcas. You're always kind of like, should we watch something exciting? But then glasses come out of there. Toluca Tigres, Querétaro León. Come on, León. Disappoint me one more time against the last team. Uh, and then yeah, with Leon, Leon have not, they've not actually played that badly, but they no, can't, no. they just like, can't get the results. Can you, 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 you had 27 well, shots against Cholos. It was just, yeah. it was, Lahoud had an, act, like, an incredibly good game. If that, like, if you were to do a rematch of that game, Leon would probably win like two yeah, to one, three to one. Yeah. Four, I think they had 14 shots in the area. Yeah. I mean, how, how you don't score with 14 shots from within Leon. the penalty area? Yeah. 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 I just don't know. Uh, and then I'm waiting for my losing by four coming up in the in the season. So it's it's, it's a normal normal Leon. I, the problem with Leon though is that with um, with with Ambrice is like he need, I know he's not the kind of manager who has any of the popular backing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of those guys that you can probably get rid of quite easily. And we know what Leon are like; they change managers a lot. Um, and so they really need to, you know, they really need to start picking up results. I mean, Caretero away, Caretero the only team. That hasn't got a point yet. A point, you know. That's that's the, you know, that's the kind of game. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I honestly think it's a different topic. But I think we're seeing a kind of the old notion that this is a parrot. This is a league of parity. I, mm-hmm. I think that's slowly being eroded, to be honest. Because I think Isn't we're it? seeing, I think we're seeing some of the signings that, you know, bringing Salcedo back, bringing Maximiliano Mesa to Monterrey. You know, America. I think are going to splash out big in the next in the next few days. Um, you know, Cruz Azul doing what they're doing, and then you see other clubs that are just absolutely nowhere near. I mean, can you imagine Salcedo coming back to Lobos Buap or you know, <laughs> even Pumas? You know, at this well, point, they, even well, Pumas. Like Pumas, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, and then you got Carretero, who you know they've they've you know they've sold big players and they're struggling and I mean naturally it's it's very difficult to to kind of keep your keep your level when you're signing your be- your best players when you're losing your best players so I don't know um I don't know it's just a, just an idea <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say one more quick thing about Leon too I saw that report earlier today that uh that uh Samuessa is now out too it looks yeah. like it's going to potentially six to eight weeks. So we going to be even be even more tough right there for Leon because I mean, Sam West is just uh, such a key player. I know he just showed up, but he's such a, <laughs> having someone like that missing is it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no no red cards for Leon for the next. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, at the end, Sunday at uh, five p.m. Pacific, Santos Laguna versus Guadalajara. 
If you have to watch one game out of all Liga Mekis, which one would it be, boys? Man, no doubt, is it? Yeah. Mon- Monterrey America. Yeah, that's I mean, the one. That's the one that stands out to me too. Yeah. His potential final, no doubt about it for me. No, I wouldn't be at all surprised if this is the final. There it is. For both of you. Okay. Atlas Lobos. Wow. I, I would have thought. All right, guys. <laughs> Well, saying uh, hello to Adriana, who uh, couldn't jump on today, and also Amy that had something to do. Normally, you see a lot of tweets going on, so that was because of Amy. But she's found a way to yell at me, um, and uh, there are no more texts from her on that I'm doing. So thank you so much for the preparation. Always gives us a rundown and does our production of the team of, for the Mexican Talk Show, Cesar. And Tom, as always, thank you. I will continue here in uh, the Mexican Talk Show, and I want to ask all of you, that listen to the Mexican Sox show on our uh, on iTunes. Please um, tweet at us here on the Mexican Sox show where you're watching it from. We we see there's a lot of people that are listening. It's kind of like here on the chat for on on the on the live saying hello to everybody. It's fun to see all the different names, and we always say and interact with you guys. Adriana's there, Joel, um, Alu, and all of you guys. Joel. You know, Robert Cardova, everyone that's on, Victor Vasquez, who are always uh, chatting. It's pretty cool. But the people that are on the iTunes, uh, we don't get to hear from you. So I'd like to, uh, if you can, tweet at us saying hello, where you're listening from us. And then also, how long have you been listening to the Mexican Sox? Because I was trying to do um, a little trivia. If anybody can think of what number show we're on. I know podcasts always do episode 110 Wait. or episode okay. 75. Um, this week we're gonna find out how many shows we've actually done on the Mexican. Oh, do you show. actually do you actually know the answer? Or are you well, like at a... least on YouTube we can see. I know there was pre YouTube that we were on because Tom, I think, I mean, the Mexican talk show has been going almost ten years, right? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. No, I think was a bit. It? No, I think uh, I think probably two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Yeah, I remember the Olympics. Um, it was before the Olympics, but we hadn't. I don't think we'd be doing it long when so the Olympics is. started. Uh, Maybe two thousand eleven. It'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, we uh, how many shows we've done. So if you, you know, let us know. Tweet us a number and we'll see who's right. If you really want to go back on the YouTube and count them all, be our guest and then let us know. And then we'll because then you should probably get a life. <laughs> <laughs> you just broke uh, someone's we, heart, Tom. He's like, probably oh, find what? a hobby to do or something. <laughs> I don't know. Man, no, no, don't listen to Tom. Uh, hey, I, was, I was one of those original listeners. I was, I was a big fan. Now I'm, not a, now, yeah. I'm not a, now I'm not a fan anymore because I'm on the show. So like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't listen to the podcast anymore when, uh, when I'm now on the podcast. Fun times. I remember listening to Tom. I'm like, Tom, is this guy like 72 years old? <laughs> <laughs> this is Tom guy. No, no, I'm just kidding. All right. Adrian is on the chat right now. You get, <laughs> and Joel saying long time listening, first time caller. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. Thank you so much, Joel. You're on. You've been on for a long time. Known this guy for a long time. All right, guys. Thank you again. Mexican Sock Show. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. And obviously, if you have any questions, let us know. We'll continue to do this. We'll see. We're here every Monday uh, unless something else happens or there's some type of holiday or we're all too, too busy. But we normally have everybody every Monday. Uh, We'll see what's on next week. We'll talk to you guys. And hasta la próxima. Adios. Bye.